It's hump day, middle of the week. Here we go. I don't know about you, but when I arrive at the middle of the week, one of two things tends to happen. I look back at my Monday and my Tuesday and I think, wow, I was really productive. Or I think to myself, I was a lazy bum. And so Wednesday is either a chance to rest or a chance to reset. And I find that perhaps these moments of taking stock, looking back on what was behind us, looking ahead to what's coming, well, those could be opportunities for actually spiritually growing. So we're going to talk about that today on the show. I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. When I was a kid, we would go to the Triduum services at the end of Holy Week, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, as a family, whether it was my sister altar serving or me playing my violin in the choir, my parents singing in the choir, my mom and dad being extraordinary ministers of communion, we were incredibly involved from top to bottom in these three most important days of our church year. And I'll never forget one of the first years that we did this, one of the first years that we fully participated in the masses of the sacred triduum. The priest, Monsignor Groth, may he rest in peace, made a comment that this was not three separate masses. This was one big mass, one long celebration beginning on the evening of Holy Thursday and ending really when the, the lights kicked on during the, the gospel proclamation at Holy Saturday's Mass as we entered into the rejoicing and the celebration of Christ's resurrection that we had finally arrived at. And for whatever reason, the rest of my life, up till right now as I'm recording this, I've thought about that every year as we get closer and closer to the Sacred Triduum. That we're about to enter into a three-day marathon of worship, a three-day marathon of, of entering into the mystery of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, a three-day marathon into trying to fully understand the beauty and the joy of what's occurring. It's so interesting that we don't really sit with that reality a lot. Usually by this point of the Lenten season, arriving at Palm Sunday, where everybody gets a prop at church, the best day of the year, second only to Ash Wednesday when everybody gets some dirt on their forehead— but usually we arrive at this part of the Lenten season, the end of Lent, as it were, maybe a little worn down, maybe a little tired, maybe a little annoyed with the things that we've given up or the things that we've committed to doing, or we start to feel bad about ourselves because we somehow, we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. And yet we arrive at this holy week, recognizing hopefully one clear truth, that this is a week meant to make us whole. Now, I know that might sound like a, a cheesy little phrase, but but stick with me here for a second. Holy Week is meant to be the culmination of the healing experiences that perhaps Lent brought about in our life. And as Sister Miriam James has been pointing out all Lent, as we've worked our way through Restore, that when we are intentional with our praying and with our fasting, with our almsgiving, when we are focused on bringing forgiveness about in our life, when we are intentional with the perspectives that we offer to one another and, and maybe even to ourselves— Healing occurs most especially in this high holy week, these three most important days, because we recognize that everything has been building. We acknowledge that this is one long experience, not segmented apart in the very same way that the sacred triduum is one long experience of worship. Now, that sounded a bit like a word salad, so let me simply put it this way. If you've arrived at Holy Week tired, if you've arrived at Holy Week exhausted, if you've arrived at Holy Week feeling like your Lent wasn't enough, or you've arrived at Holy Week assuming that you did not pull off everything that you wanted to pull off or that you failed in some way, Holy Week is 
is that last push, that last chance to remove those feelings from your head and from your heart and recognize that God is the one that makes us whole, not the efforts that we put upon ourselves, not the healing that we try to manufacture, but the healing that Christ brings. I say this in a, in a very distinct way because if anything, this Lenten season, walking through Restore, I've come to understand, and maybe you have as well, that healing is not something that we do, nor is healing something that is done to us. But it's an experience of being made whole, whereby we walk along this path with Christ at our side. And, and there's no shortage of opportunities and chances to continue doing that well beyond Easter, which we're rapidly approaching, but especially to invest fully in that at this precise moment, Palm Sunday into Holy Week. To help us enter into that, to help us understand what Holy Week is really all about and how healing is most especially found in these few days, we sat down with Father Joe Laramie, a Jesuit priest who has a pretty amazing job, works for the Pope, he'll tell us more about it, to really unpack what these three days mean, why these three days of the Triduum and the entire Holy Week matter most especially. All of this part of our Ave Explorer series on Lent and digging into Sister Miriam James Heidland's book, Restore. You can find all of our other episodes and some amazing conversations over on AveMariaPress.com, podcasts, our Instagram lives, the video series from Sister Miriam herself. All of it is available completely for free for you over at AveMariaPress.com. So click on over there and you'll find it. The link is down in our show notes. For now, we hope you sit back and enjoy this conversation with Father Joe Laramie about Holy Week and the Sacred Triduum. Well, Father Joe, thanks so much for joining us on Ave Explorers. Katie, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. It's always a joy to get a Jesuit on a podcast sponsored by the good folks of Holy Cross. So we're, we're always happy for the, the cross-curricular conversation that's able to happen. Tell us a little bit about who you are, Father, and what you get to do. Thank you. Yes, I am the Director of the Apostleship of Prayer for the United States, also called the Pope's Prayer Network. This is a almost 200-year-old Jesuit ministry promoting devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, as well as the monthly prayer intentions of the Holy Father. And how did how did that assignment come to be? Like, did you just get a phone call from the Pope one day? Um, let's see. He, he delegates a fair amount of it to the Jesuit order, although he does remind us now and then that his name's on it and we should work hard for him. <laughs> so yeah, my provincial gave me a call. I was aware that Jesuit leader in the U.S. was finishing his term. He's a buddy of mine. And, you know, provincials can be very persuasive. So he said, you know, Joe, I want you to think about this and pray about it. And then let's talk tomorrow, which is Jesuit speak for tomorrow. You're going to tell me yes. But I was really excited to yeah. do it. It involves a fair amount of travel, giving talks and retreats around the country. Again, I've been involved in this off and on over the years. I've had a long time devotion to Sacred Heart of Jesus. Certainly, I love our Jesuit Pope, and it's a real honor to fill this role. Yeah. It's such a cool thing that the Pope has people around the world, and you are one of them, who are making sure that we are focusing on the most important thing. And it's an appropriate thing to kind of kick off with, because Lent is very much a time of intentional prayer, and praying specifically for the intentions of the Holy Father is perhaps one of the ways that we can access that. That's really where I want to begin, Father, is as we are entering into the holiest week of the year, kind of the three movements of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which one do you think is, is maybe most important to concentrate on in these holiest days of our year? Gosh, great question. 
Yeah, I'll lean into prayer since, you know, that shows up in my job title, right? So the Pope's <laughs> Prayer Network. But, you know, th- thinking of prayer as really a conversation with Jesus that involves me speaking to him from my heart and listening as he may want to speak from his heart to my heart. Now, he does that in the scriptures as I see his dramatic passion and death, also with that great hope of his resurrection, you know, and even kind of zooming in on hearts as we walk with Christ in these final days before his death, you know, to watch, yes, his physical suffering, but, you know, even more so those movements of his heart, his love for us, his compassion, times of great sorrow, you know, Jesus is not Superman, just, you know, kind of (laughs) was the British line, you know, with a stiff upper lip, like, you know, he, he mm-hmm. feels the great sorrow of being abandoned, of people turning away from him, turning from his father, you know, and even mm-hmm. to share in that sorrow in a certain sense to say, gosh, Lord, yes, I see your love for us. My heart is moved with compassion for you. Also with sorrow, as I see you rejected, Lord, I know I do that through my sin, but please give me the strength to walk with you during these powerful days. Mm-hmm. Such a great point, you know, that Jesus was not immune to the the grief of that abandonment, to the the fear. And that's something that I, I think about a lot with I've got two little kids and certain things scare them that I would never imagine would be potentially scary or would be potentially frightening or at the very least concerning and anxiety inducing. And yet here's Jesus facing the ultimate fearful thing, death itself, that he knows he can defeat, but at the same time has to go through that's a the prayer component of our of our holy week really can help unite us into those feelings in a way. Yes, and you know, we want to be right there next to Mother Mary also. You know, as the prophet mm-hmm. says to her in the early days of Jesus' life, you yourself a sword shall pierce, you know, as if her heart will be pierced by a sword as she looks upon her son rejected, wounded. As a parent, you know, I can only imagine what that would be like. Your beloved son going through all this. I'm sure many parents could put themselves in Mary's shoes. But her too, to watch her heart, seeing her great love, also her love for the disciples. You know, she's kind of the spiritual mother of all of them. Some of them hang in there. Let's say John, the youngest apostle, he seems to stay with Jesus. Peter, yeah, probably not his brightest moment for sure. And yet, you know, Mary also loving them no matter what, loving us no matter what, even if it's not our proudest moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a great point as well, that we we sometimes go through, I, I feel like this happened to me this Lent, where I go through Lent with eyes wide open, like I know what to expect. I've been doing a podcast about it for the past few weeks. I, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I set out my agenda items of, okay, this is how I'm going to accomplish everything in my Lenten season. And then I arrive at Holy Week and I kind of look back and I think, okay, I still have to add all these other things in to make it most fruitful. But in reality, the way to make it most fruitful is to just kind of sit with the main characters of this story, story, to to sit with the people who went through this and allow them to illuminate things for me. I I think that's an important component of, of the healing process, which is what Sister Miriam has been guiding us through this whole Lenten season, is that healing is not something that just happens because we desire it to happen or because we lay out an agenda for it to happen. It happens because we allow God to work on us. And so Holy Week is that perfect time to do it. I want to shift and talk about those three important days 
at the end of Holy Week, which are segmented in and of themselves called the, the Sacred Triduum. Guide us through the Sacred Triduum, Father. What are these days? What do they mean? How do they fit together? Kind of give us that 10,000-foot view of the holiest days inside of Holy Week that can lead to real healing in our lives. Absolutely. You know, one way to think about this is, okay, in, in most sports nowadays, like the postseason is where things really heat up. Well, this is kind of Catholic postseason. You know, like every game is essential. So Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. So we're walking with Jesus in these dramatic final days before his death. So Holy Thursday, we ponder his gift of the Eucharist to us at the Last Supper. We watch him washing feet of his disciples and calling them to do to do likewise. At Catholic parishes, yeah, I encourage you to go and check this out because you're going to witness these things. It's, it's part of the liturgy, so there's a foot washing. Um, it happens within a Mass, of course. On Good Friday, one of the few days of the year when, in fact, you're not allowed to celebrate Mass. Now, if you go, it's going to look a whole lot like Mass. You know, there's going to be readings. There's this dramatic moment when the priest lays face down towards the cross, which is actually the very same gesture that all of us priests did on our ordination day, laying mm -hmm. face down. It's an image of placing our lives totally at the service of Christ and the Father, even as Jesus placed his, himself totally at our service. Mm -hmm. There's a moment when we come up and kiss the cross. Again, one of these great Catholic moments, it's very physical, you know, like meaty. You know, you wonder, like, am I going to get a splinter in my lip when I go kiss that thing? <laughs> you know, and it just immediately calls us to prayer and reflection. Like, gosh, like, what am I doing? Why am I kissing this thing that ended the life of Jesus? You know, mm -hmm. and yet, you know, we're not honoring the violence, but more like honoring his great love, pouring out his life for us. Holy Saturday. So in a sense, also, there's no mass on Holy Saturday, but wait for it. There is. So we honor mm -hmm. the resurrection of Jesus that we start on Saturday night. So again, this kind of draws us into the Jewish world where actually the new day starts at sunset. You know, in American world, we think, okay, well, you know, midnight, that's when the day changes, or maybe in the morning, the day changes. Well, the Jewish sense is that at sunset, the new day begins. So Catholic parishes are allowed to celebrate the first Easter Mass after sunset on Holy Saturday. Mm -hmm. So that will be a Mass with all the bells and whistles, like singing, incense, multiple readings as we kind of go through salvation history, looking at the prophets, how they spoke about the coming of the Son of God, the writings of St. Paul will read some of the resurrection stories of Jesus. So it, it's a workout. I mean, if you try to hit all these masses, you know, block out some time. And yet also it's like a retreat. You're not going to regret it. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Father Joe. It was really great to get to sit down with him and, and really unpack the meaning and the beauty of Holy Week. We're able to have these conversations. We're able to bring you all of this awesome Ave Explorers content because of our amazing sponsors. And this season, we've been so excited to partner with the good folks at Sock Religious. You've heard about them this entire season. We love everything they do. We love the way that they showered gifts upon our guests and sent them all socks. We especially love that their goal 
And this is something that we are excited to partner with them on. Their goal is to get the word of God out into the world, to tell the stories of holy men and women, to tell the stories of what we believe as a church through something really clever, socks that we wear on our feet. You can find all of their amazing designs, including some really fun t-shirts, some awesome window clings, some coffee mugs, awesome stuff that makes the faith accessible, that makes the faith fun, that makes the faith a, a Kickstarter into conversation, and it's all affordable. The stuff that you'll find on, on Sock Religious's website makes for a great Easter basket stuffer. You still have time to throw some things into your cart and get it there in the next few days. We have a code. If you go down into our show notes, there is a 10% discount code. You can click on those links to bring you right over to the Sock Religious website. We're so excited that we partnered with them this season. We're grateful for their sponsorship. So check them out at SockReligious.com. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Father Joe. I grew up going to the Triduum. We were in the choir, so of course we were there. And watching it from kind of a multiple perspectives of, of picking up on different parts of it every year. And, and every year, different components of the Triduum have spoken to me in different ways. You know, on Holy Thursday, we see the washing of the feet and you know, in some years, I'm just overcome by the fact that Jesus would do this for these people who are going to abandon him in just a few hours. And then in some years, I'm just like, well, yeah, it makes sense. Like Jesus is, he can see beyond the faults. And, and so it's interesting how, according to kind of where we are in our spiritual journey, where we are perhaps with our Lenten season, the different parts of the sacred Triduum matter to us in different ways. You mentioned that that dichotomy at times of why am I kissing the thing that kills my Lord? You know, why am I honoring the instrument that transforms everything? But at this precise moment is is a very sad thing to contemplate. Of all of the days, I always find Good Friday to be the one that sticks with me the most because it's the day where that healing that every single one of us experiences really kind of comes to a head. Speak a little bit to the priest's experience of of Good Friday. You know, I in the pew, I walking up to venerate the cross, holding my squirmy toddler, I see it from one perspective, but as a priest who is in Persona Christi, who is was taking on that very sacrifice in a very real way, what is that like? Yeah, often, uh, you know, we, the priests, we're up at the front, maybe we're holding the cross or just watching folks come up and, you know, and you get to see all the faces and see all the different reactions. Some folks will have tears in their eyes. <laughs> Some folks, it's clearly kind of awkward, like they don't know, like, what do I genuflect or just touch it? Maybe people who haven't done this before who are, you know, sort of uncertain and yet also really drawn to this powerful image. Little kiddos who like, you know, they want to do it too. They don't maybe have full theological understanding, which no, I'm not sure any of us do really, but you know, they want to get involved. They have some sense. Yeah. Jesus loves us and we love him too. And this is a little way to show it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just seeing the different reactions, it's just how the passion impacts us all in powerful and different ways. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a, it's another excellent point that from your perspective in the sanctuary, as people are coming to venerate the cross, which now that I'm thinking of it, so 2020 was COVID and 2021, we did not go because we had an infant. So this will be the first time in two years that we'll get to venerate the cross, at least, you know, in, in my family. And I think that might be true for a lot of people. And and I do think in conversations with folks in ministry, a priest friend of mine came over for coffee the other day and he said, this has been the busiest Lent I've ever had. And I joked back, I was like, well, you've been a priest for less than a year, so you've never had one <laughs> as a priest before. And he said, yeah, but I, I think other priests are saying that too, because people seem to be more invested than they ever have been. 
because of what's been going on in our world, because of, I think, the real need that people feel to seek out healing. And so I, I guess mm. this this is kind of the next phase of the conversation I'd like to have, Father, is we can approach this from a very, this is what happens, these are the things that we see, but it doesn't take away from the fact that fully investing into these liturgies or fully investing into the, the holiest week of the year can really be challenging at times, even if we are excited for it, even if it's been a couple of years since we've really gotten to experience it to the full. How do you think people struggle sometimes to dig into the meanings of these sacrifices and the way that leaning into this can lead them to, to further healing? What, what's the challenge mm -hmm. that people face? Yeah, I love how Sister Miriam brings up that theme of healing in her book. It is, you know, just again, to kind of notice our own hearts, like, okay, Lord, if I'm resistant <laughs> to going to these events or even to sort of thinking about them, okay, Lord, what's going on in my heart? You know, is it, I'm afraid. Okay, well, let's talk with Jesus about that. You know, hey, Peter was afraid. How did he respond? Let's presume probably Mary Magdalene was afraid too, right? And yet she stays with Jesus you know, in a way, maybe she had a deeper sense of her own need for healing due to her own struggles in the past. You know, so that theme of healing, again, let's kind of do this heart to heart <laughs> with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Peter has that line in his letters, by his wounds, we are healed. Okay, Lord, gosh, what, <laughs> what does that mean? You, you go through this terrible violence, and yet, yes, I bear the fruit. I received your salvation, your grace, your love. You know, for folks who are hurting, maybe it's through a physical illness, maybe it's through depression or some challenges in family life. You know, it is one to just keep praying about. Jesus understands, you know, I think that's a big part of it. He understands. Again, he's not Superman. He's not made of granite. He plunges himself into our life. Sorrow, loneliness, physical pain. Jesus knows what this is like, and that it doesn't end there. Even in the depths of sorrow on Good Friday, we are still looking ahead to that sunrise that's just starting to peak on the horizon. You know, heart to heart. Okay, Lord, how is my heart wounded? I see your sorrows, even Jesus uh, on the cross. On Good Friday, we see his heart is pierced by the soldier's lance. Okay, He's now mm -hmm. dead on the cross outpours blood and water. So many saints have seen here images of the sacraments of the church, water for baptism, blood in the Eucharist. These are sacraments of healing, water washing me clean, blood that Jesus nourishes me with his body and blood. You know, again, just that little kind of heart-to-heart -heart conversation with the Lord. Lord, here's my, mm -hmm. my hurt, my sorrow. Lord, also, I see your great love. want to Share in your passion through my compassion, even as you, Lord, walk with me as I carry my own cross. Again, if that's physical or mental or otherwise, you know, it's, there's definitely something mysterious there. And again, just to see Mother Mary, who's walking with me, you know, as if she has uh, an arm around me, comforting me, even if I'm maybe reluctant to go the mm -hmm. whole way. Yeah, that looking at the wound of Christ and recognizing that my wounds are not unknown to him. Like, I, I feel like at times, you know, we as human beings walk through life thinking like, okay, I've got stiff upper lip, the phrase that you used earlier, the every, everybody has to see that I'm okay. 
and to be given permission, I think during Holy Week, Sister does it beautifully in her book. She's been doing it all Lent with us that it's okay if you're not okay. It's okay if you're stepping into the week, looking up at the cross, thinking, oh my gosh, he's weak and so am I. And stepping into that, this is a moment of bleeding and woundedness and I still have those moments as well. And that's not foreign to the Lord, right? Like it's not a snap the fingers, we're just gonna make it all disappear. It's a let's enter into that together. And, and I'm struck by the fact that Holy Week gives us really kind of one last chance before we enter into the joy of Easter, But I feel like you can't fully enter into the joy of Easter until you've sat in that hardship first. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And again, the beauty of our Catholic faith, I'll put it this way. We are part of a sweaty religion. (laughs) You know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're embodied. We have these symbols that are tangible, you know, washing feet, kissing a cross, receiving the Eucharist, the smells of incense that are meant to draw us into this physical body of Jesus. You know, we're not just thinking about certain holy ideas. Okay, yes, there are mm-hmm. plenty of truths in the Catholic faith, but it's all centered in this person, this God who became man for us. Jesus, who still has a human body. You know, it's a glorified body now, but he didn't leave it aside, but rather glorified it. Again, mm-hmm. for folks who are hurting, I think that's meaningful. That. God has a body and I do too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And God's body was broken and beaten and wounded and, and God's feelings. I is going to sound really cheesy, but God's feelings were hurt. And that's mm-hmm. like, but that makes me feel like, okay, well, he understands when my feelings are hurt or he understands when I've got this going on in my head and my heart. And I, I can't quite come to understand why he would allow that to happen. But I can look up at the cross and I guess ask the same question about that. And also know that the tomb will be empty in three days. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, put all together, it makes sense. It doesn't make it any easier to step through. It doesn't doesn't make it any easier to necessarily understand all the way, but it is certainly something that we can sit with and wrestle with for quite some time. My last question, Father, is, you know, we've dug through Holy Week. We've looked at these days kind of from the 10,000 foot view. We've arrived at the end of Lent, like the last page of Sister Miriam's book is not Easter Sunday. It's, it's, it's sitting in what well, is there's, there's one final day of Easter Sunday, but there's not like another 50 pages to reflect on. And, and we have a podcast coming up with her where we're going to talk about how to fully invest into the Easter season. But at the conclusion of the Triduum, how do you think people can continue that healing process and, and sit with the things that they've experienced, sit with the things that they've heard, sit with the things that they've felt in a really fruitful way. What is kind of that, the next morning first move that a person can make? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on really Holy Saturday morning. This is God's funeral, you know? And mm-hmm. at a funeral, there's sorrow, there's a kind of emptiness. And we're also probably thinking and talking about the stories from this person's life, you know? I must imagine in a certain way that. This was kind of the mustard seed of the Gospels, were the disciples talking about Jesus, what he said, what he did, his healings of those who were sick, wounded, alone, afraid. You know, to thank the Lord for what he's done in my life. Lord Jesus, you've given me the gift of faith. You've drawn me into family and friendship. Lord, you've helped me during some really difficult times. You've given me baptism. You've fed me with the Eucharist. You know, so that movement towards gratitude that Mm. 
you know, again, is kind of an ongoing sense of that healing and then is a way to prepare my heart to receive the gift of his resurrection um, that, Lord, in fact, you have not left us. Yes, you have died. And Lord, you are risen. You you are still risen. This isn't a one-time mm-hmm. event, but an ongoing gift. I think that's such a, a good point. The attitude of gratitude that we can start to develop is really the only way to, to celebrate the Easter season. We can only arrive at it if we've sat with all of that that meaning thus far. Father Joe, thank you for taking the time to, to talk us through all of this. Where can people follow you, read the things that you've written, and learn a little bit more about the work that you do? Absolutely. Yep. You can track us down online, of course. So we're at popesprayerusa.net. We got the fancy Instagram. We got the Facebook thing. I got my own little page myself, Joe Laramie SJ. You can track down my Ave Maria book that came out about two years ago called Abide in the Heart of Christ, a 10-day retreat with Mm -hmm. St. Ignatius Loyola. There's a sequel coming out this summer, in fact, that'll be a nine-day retreat with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Pray with the Pope's intentions. So he has a prayer intention every month. Also on our website, you can find these little prayers of offering, offering my own heart to the Sacred Heart of Jesus every day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Father Joe. We'll have all of that linked down in the show notes. Happy Holy Week. Blessings. Thanks so much. And I mentioned at the start of this that I I always think back to the Holy Week of my childhood and the idea that when we enter into Holy Week, we are not entering into these segmented days, but we're entering into a consistent, connected worship experience. Holy Thursday, having everything from the institution of the Eucharist and the washing of the feet, Good Friday, our veneration of the cross, Holy Saturday, lights dark, then lights on, and, and the fire and, and the blessing of the candle, and these, these intentional, very sacramental, physical moments that lead us deeper into the mystery of what happened in a very physical way, Christ dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead. And if I can encourage just one thing, as we've gone through this entire Lenten season, as we, we wrap up our conversations in just a few days with Sister Miriam James joining us to really enter into the Lenten, uh, excuse me, to enter into the Easter season, to end Lent and enter into Easter, it might be worth your time to, to take a few days during this Holy Week and just go back and listen to all of the amazing conversations that we've had. Walking through Sister Miriam's book, thinking about the reflections that she's led us on, we've had Father John Burns and Sister Josephine Garrett, Heather and Jay Kim, Dr. Bob Schutz, Michelle Benzinger, some amazing folks who have sat down with us and shared their hearts, dug into this concept of healing with us, taken a, a deep dive into what healing can look like in Lent. And so here we are at Holy Week, hopefully thinking about that healing, hopefully thinking about that restoration that Christ does within us when we cooperate fully with him and grow in relationship with him, maybe the next few days are an opportunity to think about all those moments, to think about those conversations that were had, to think about these these opportunities to reflect upon your own journey in a very intentional way, to spend this Holy Week reflecting on your Lent as a whole. I can't help but think that might be really fruitful for all of us. You can find everything that we've created at our website, AveMariaPress.com. If you are listening to this in your podcast app, just click on the title of the podcast. It'll bring you straight back over to our feed. By the way, we'd love it if you give us a rating and a review, share it with other people. We are at over 250,000 downloads. Folks love this podcast. We are so grateful that they do. We'd love it if you'd share it and tell other people about the great stuff that we're creating. Speaking of, we have one final podcast coming in this season with Sister Miriam James to really talk about 
Easter and how we can celebrate Easter well. And then we'll be off for a few weeks and coming back in May to launch a brand new series for Ave Explorers on the Mass. Especially in this year of Eucharistic revival, this three-year process, we're going to dig into what it means to fully participate in the Mass, what it means to allow the Eucharist to transform our lives. I really think you'll enjoy all the stuff that we're creating. You don't want to miss any of it. Click on over to AveMariaPress.com and you'll find all of the information about how to subscribe and get stuff straight into your inbox. We're so grateful that you joined us this week. Know of our prayers for you as we enter into this Holy Week together. And we'll be back next week to celebrate the joy of Easter with Sister Miriam James Heidland. Know of our prayers. Thanks so much for listening. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.